Welcome back to the show today. Two people I've now known for 22 years. Our hairlines were thicker, our guts were smaller, but those days are gone. They're gone forever. Well, perhaps less so hairline-wise. My first guest, Mark Dunderdale. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm, I'm well-groomed, ready to go. <laughs> Stu, how are you? I am follically challenged, but I am growing it more on my face now rather than on my head. But I am all good, thank you. Yeah, the beard is looking very good on what is the 3rd of January 2024. Um, I hope everyone listening has, has had a lovely Christmas. Um, all of your family, your <laughs> let's start that again. All of your wretched family members have long since departed and you have pretty much uh, whatever sugary, fatty foods that are your personal favourite left and they're all yours. Go on, have another bite. Don't worry about cholesterol now. There's always tomorrow, or is there? Uh, we're back today for show six of Go Home, and perhaps the last episode of this recent creation ever. Unless, of course, some investors are listening, and you like the show so much that you can't bear the thought of living without my voice on at least a monthly basis. So if you're listening from a territory with very questionable morals, can I just reassure you that very much like the Million Dollar Man, Everybody has a price, and mine is very low. We're going to be reviewing the March. I don't know what mood I was in when I did these notes. I was obviously <laughs> lost the plot. <laughs> We're going to be reviewing the March 19th, 1994 episode of WWF Superstars today. And while Raw was a thing by this last episode, uh, basically, I still think Superstars was the A show. What do, you, what do you think? Or would you not say that by this point? No, I, I would say there were some Raw. pretty big, big occurrences in Raw in that first okay. year. Okay, yeah. Um, with the Flair loser leaves town early on, you had um, uh, the Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels title changes, and a couple of others. But then again, in '94, you got stuff like Bretton, uh, one, two, three kicks. So. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure, but it's, this is still a significant show at, at this point, I would say. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see just how much this show varies from what we've seen previously, given that. It's, it's slightly different positioning with a, with a live one hour, I suppose, Raw was at this point on Monday nights. It wasn't always live either, was it? I think it was live um, maybe alternate weeks. Uh, so this show was on the network and I had absolutely no memory of this new open with various stars of the WF at the time shown through purple graphics. Uh, we got an aerial shot of New York and then joined Vince McMahon in a WrestleMania jacket and cap, of all things, with Johnny Polo from the observation deck of the Empire State Building. They talked about the fan fest and Polo dunk doink, which is not easy to say, three times in the dunk tank. They pushed the guest ring announcers and the timekeepers, Jenny Garth and someone else at this stage in proceedings. If I don't get it right first time on the watch, I'm not going back for anyone apart from perhaps one of those investors from that certain country. Um, then we got a shot of King Kong and a woman. And then Vince and Polo shouted, the WF was unbelievable. What on earth was going on here, Mark? Well, yeah, there was a lot a lot to discuss in that 
first couple of minutes. Um, well, I enjoyed seeing that view from the top of the Empire State Building. That's where I spent the afternoon of my 40th birthday before I met up with you two for a few drinks. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And something to eat the day before WrestleMania 35. I believe you'd watched uh, Norwich destroy QPR that morning, 4 0. Yes, uh, we had. had yes. la- then had to go and have a lay down because we, <laughs> well, I was certainly very drunk and needed to sleep. So <laughs> I, I was absolutely smashed. I'd have at four, seven in the morning. Four Guinnesses at half seven, and then breakfast was in between Guinness number three and four, I think. Big pancakes yeah, that's what I was they? leading towards. Yeah. I thought you would get that in the podcast. Um, yeah, in this section, there were really just listing the celebrities that were going to appear as opposed to the matches that were on the show. Um, Lots of emphasis been put on their celebrity appearances in 1994. Um, they managed to get 60,000 fans in the huge Dome in 92 without any celebrities besides Reba McIntyre. And in 1993, they didn't have any announced ahead of time, unless you count some bloke dressing up as Caesar. Um, speaking of blokes dressing in silly costumes, I'm not sure the King Kong bit at the end really worked. Uh, it was a cheap and nasty ape costume. And they didn't even bother giving a costume <laughs> to the woman. Um, but yeah, seeing Johnny Polo giggling and constantly flashing that cheesy grin was so interesting to me, knowing now that he was only nine months away from debuting the Raven character in ECW. And that guy never smiled. Yeah, that is a bit nuts, isn't it, really? Um, Stu, what did you make of the open here, of all the stuff going on? Oh, it was, it was, it was bonkers. It was bonkers. But actually, uh, Johnny Polo was very infectious, if you know what I mean. Um, out of the two, two three shows, well, he's riddled with chlamydia. Oh, yeah. Riddled with chlamydia, was he at this point? <laughs> <laughs> uh, out of the two three show, the couple of shows that we watched previously, yeah, this was high energy, wasn't it? Full, yeah. full on, yeah, re- really, really good. But yeah, the the King Kong thing was, yeah, I, I know why, but it was a bit, a bit lost on me, really. So, um, so yeah. They then cut to a package building up the title tournament. I guess it was a title tournament, um, it, the way it was done. Voice over by Todd Pettengill. First, a replay at the end of the WrestleMania 9 main event with Bratton and Yokozuna. But strangely, it did not show Hulk Hogan showing up. And then after Yoko won the title, um, Mooney doing a voiceover, we got the USS Intrepid and Lex Luger turning up via helicopter to slam the champion after several failed attempts from other superstars at the time. Uh, we then got some highlights from the Lex Express with the great hero song. Just remember, folks, that the WrestleMania 10 ending was supposed to be Lex Luger winning the title and not Bret Hart. Um, and that was booked by uh, the world's biggest C-word, Vince McMahon. Uh, they also showed some highlights of Luger's win at SummerSlam by a countout, albeit that meant he couldn't get a rematch because of a clause in his contract. Uh, then, or a clause in the match contract, I should say, then to the 1994 Royal Rumble uh, via still shots showing, I guess there was still money in the tape for this at the time so that's why we didn't get any moving shots and it was showing Luger and Hart hitting the floor at the same time which was pretty well done to be fair though I believe I believe let Luger did hit first from memory um, but it, it was well done uh, after that we saw Jack Tunney in his office explaining just how WrestleMania 10 would go down this included the coin toss stipulation um, as it wasn't set out from the start that Luger would be in the first match we went to the ring on Raw and Lex called heads and heads it was he celebrated this which I've never understood don't know why and this set up the heart versus heart match while Luger faced Yokozuna first uh, there was a little in-ring segment next with Brett telling Luger with Vince on the mic that he knew Lex had worked hard, but he had worked even harder. He was robbed a year ago, and he was ve- and he was for very good reason the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And this was just huge cheers from clearly a very knowledgeable crowd. 
Luger said there had never been a better technical wrestler and he had it all uh, up here talking about his brain. He said if he and Brett squared off at WrestleMania, they would find out who the best was. Then finally, a promo with Cornette, with Yoko and Mr. Fuji standing in front of some... I've written screams, but I think I meant screens, showing Yoko smashing various opponents. Basically said they beat Lex and then Brett. Cornette said the prophecy will come true and Yokozuna will remain WWF champion. Uh, at the time, I really expected them to do Lex versus Brett in the main event, but obviously they weren't ever going to do that and I can see why they didn't. So booking decisions aside, I thought this was a pretty great look back at the previous year. Stu, what did you make of this this kind of opening package setting up yeah, the, this was, the main this event? Was, yeah, this was really good. Mm. Really good. It, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know I was dissing the Hulk Hogan thing the other um on the other show and stuff like that because i just didn't really feel it but this was this was just absolutely pure class and the thing the thing that you come back to as well about the the coin toss and i'm not saying this was the thing but unless that was a double-headed coin you 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 didn't know did you it was it was they showed heads didn't they yeah 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 Yeah. i must have been they must have worked the coin they must have worked the coin 100 percent. no doubt no doubt Yeah. yeah so um so yeah, so it was really yeah, it was really really a, a really good package and stuff like that. And and again, yeah, it was a really good storyline. It was a it was a it was a really built storyline for for a year really. If you think back to WrestleMania nine and 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 then you know SummerSlam ninety three and stuff like that, it was that you know that was a long storyline, wasn't it? That you're talking a twelve month storyline to get to this point. So um, so yeah, really really good, really good package. Great opening. How much do you reckon a double, a, a double tailed or double headed? Um, so there's two in the pack. One's a double tail. One's a double head. Coin costs on eBay. What's your guess? Not very much. Five hundred quid. <laughs> God no. <laughs> Five hundred quid. That's a lot of money, Stu. That's a that I would want that to be made out of diamonds if that was the case. Yeah, Stu. but if you go if you're gonna win every time you 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 flip the I coin, s- yeah. I, sp- I suppose. Well what, what are you going with? Higher or lower of that than that, Mark? Higher or lower than five hundred quid. Lower, obviously. It's thirteen pound fifty for one of those, <laughs> or two of them, I should say. Um Mark, what did you make of this open? Well, you know how I take a lot of notes. I've done bits on every single clip that they used in this video package, so I'll just skim over it. Uh, The end of Brett and Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9. I would have had Yokozuna do something, anything, to Brett between Fuji throwing the solid guys and pinning him. Yeah. Just a leg drop or something, anything. I hate it when things do that. that, I mean, I don't want to... Go off about AW and oh, AW are not as good as WWE. But they had a few th- in 2023. There was bits where Don Callis was um, stabbing people in the head with a screwdriver. Hmm. And if someone did that to me or you, we would be rolling around on the floor in agony because you just had a thing in your head. Yeah. But in wrestling, much like when you slam through a table, as another example, the person on the receiving end is somehow rendered completely unconscious. Yeah. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened there. But Brett's got something in his eye and he can't be lays on the mat and he gets pinned. So then we're on to the USS Intrepid bit. I do remember Bruce Pritchard going into a bit of detail about that day on one of his podcasts. And he said that it was the middle of summer, obviously, July the 4th. It was blazing heat, scorching hot day. <clears throat> and Yokozuna was in absolute agony standing in that red hot ring. 
on his bare feet. Mm. Imagine how that must have felt. Yeah, awful. That, that, that's terrible. Um, and also, when they were showing the sort of um, compilation of different people trying to slam him before Luger, um, they showed the macho man trying to do it in high heel boots. And that was a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> In full garb as well, wasn't he? He bought well, the it. previous he year. Yes. On, but... Yeah, he bought yeah, those he, boots he has... in Caesar's well, Palace, didn't he? I think. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice bit of tie in there. So there we go, SummerSlam 1993. And um, a couple of episodes ago, I uh, compared how old Earthquake was to how old Tony Storm is right now. Uh, now, Lex Luger at SummerSlam 93 looked so old, I thought, but he was only actually 35. And okay. For... For reference, that's how old Dakota Kai is right now. Same age she. as Lex Luger at some point. Mm. Dakota's um, doing better, I think. Um, I think so too. So, Brett was 36 oh, in 93. Yes. Yeah, yes. so he's a year older. Okay. Yeah. Um, even as a 14-year-old kid, I knew at the time how bad the ending of that SummerSlam was, by the way. Um, yeah. Boiling it down, the babyface knocked out the heel with a band move behind the referee's back. He won by countout, didn't become champion, and then celebrated not winning the title with confetti and balloons. Mm. Um, then we're going on to Jack Tunney's announcement, uh, the coin toss. And with the coin toss segment, I'm so used to seeing how professionally filmed all WWE shows are these days. It was pretty jarring, I thought, to see the coin toss happen from the perspective of the hard camera in the stand, because there was a, I don't know if you noticed, there was a cameraman with a handheld camera on his shoulder stood in between the hard cam and the wrestlers. Okay. And um, he was there to do a close-up of the coin being flipped, and I thought Vince had definitely never let that go uh, in more modern <laughs> times, because uh, to, to his credit, you don't see cameramen on TV, which makes no. sense. Uh, and finally, the Jim Connor interview, I've rarely heard a badly delivered Jim Cornette promo, and this was no exception. Um, he warned Brett that after facing his brother Owen earlier in the night, beating Yokozuna would be harder than chopping wood with a chicken feather. And that was a great expression. So, yeah, good good thing all around. Back at the Empire State Building, Vince was speculating about the guest referees for the title matches. Polo asked if Vince uh, asked Vince if he knew. He didn't. Then Polo whispered in his ear who he thought it was. Vince didn't think it would be him and then whispered another guest. They then had a cameraman zoom in on the very corner of Madison Square Garden. Uh, anything to add on this, either of you, before we, uh, before we move on? No? Um, yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah. Well, Another cameraman thing. Vince would never ever do this. He named the cameraman by name. He said, yeah. Come here, Russ, film this. <laughs> Come on, Russ. Anything to or should we move on? No, let's uh, move on. A <laughs> uh, little, little segment with Rhonda Shear. She was the timekeeper whose name I missed earlier on. And essentially, she wanted to get to know Razor Ramon better, and I can't blame her. Uh, next, Vince and Polo were in the Harley Davidson Cafe. Polo was calling Vince Vic, which I enjoyed, and he put his cap on back to front. Vic speculated that Rhonda would like to take a ride on a bike with Razor Ramon. They talked about the IC title match, and we got another package with a Todd voiceover. Uh, Mark, anything to add on this? Not so much on the Harley Davidson stuff. Um, the Ronda Shear uh, thing, I did a bit of a deep dive on her career and it wasn't worth it. I didn't learn anything. Okay. <laughs> Stu, anything on this before we get on to the background of the, the ladder match? Um, 
Only that I I I I might be wrong, but I'm sure I heard Vince say that he would like to ride Ronda Shear, unless I I might have totally misheard that. So, but that seemed to yeah. So, but no, apart from that, nothing to add at all. Has your, has your heating gone off, Stu? Because you're looking quite cold. It has. Point. I'm absolutely freezing. Oh my I'm, god, I'm so I'm we're, sorry. Because we're, uh, we're in a townhouse, the ground floor is always cold. Yeah, and I'm I'm yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm moving around. Hopefully, you don't freeze to death while we're while we're still recording. It is, <laughs> it is one on the day we're recording just for for uh, full. Um, what's the word? I can't even think at this point. We're recording this on the 29th of November, so it's not it's not January 2024. So uh, it's one degree outside in, in London. I suspect maybe a little bit colder where you both are. Um, Jack Tunney popped up again this time in front of a uh, United States and Canadian flag or flags. Uh, back in September 1993, when the Intercontinental title was vacated after Shawn Michaels allegedly didn't meet his contractual obligations, in actuality, he was busted for failing a steroid test. Uh, and this set up the Battle Royal with the final two participants facing uh, one week later for the title. Uh, the crowd seemed to be going mad for this as it came down to Razor and Rick the Model Martel. And Razor, of course, won the title later on. Uh, when Michaels came back in December, he returned with his version of the Intercontinental title belt. And he was interviewed by Bruce Pritchard. Uh, while he was playing his very short-lived character of Rio Rogers, Michael's still chewing that gum, but perhaps not the same bit from the pool at WrestleMania 9, uh, and rocking a phenomenal mullet, said he was the only IC champion. Uh, Razor came out and they squared off, and Razor even burst some bubble gum with his toothpick. Uh, later, Sean got in his face, and when Razor tried to help him, uh, help, sorry, when Razor tried to help the one, two, three kid, and backstage Diesel landed a shot on Razor, and then Sean hit him with quite a slow razor's edge, razor's edge in the entranceway. Um, razor beat IRS at the Rumble, but Michaels interfered. Not sure how, and this led to the ladder match at WrestleMania. Finally, we got a promo with Sean on top of a ladder, saying that he would continue to sit on top of the World Wrestling Federation. And a short Razor promo, he said. There have been two champions and two belts for too long, and the bad guy would take all the gold. Again, another really good recap for me. Nicely paced and hitting all the key spots in this feud. Shu, what did you think of this? Yeah, again, thought it was a great. I've been quite like I quite like the involvement of you know at that time, Jack Tunney was you know making some big decisions, wasn't he? Really, yeah. So you know, um, so it it was quite good to see that, and again, reflects back to um, my point. Um, about Rick Martel and how he was still quite a, you know, a prominent character within within WWF still, even though you think, he, again, even though you think he'd been around for absolutely ages, um, he he was still getting into the bigger the bigger storylines and stuff like that. But but yeah, this was this was a great build up again. Um, and again, as we go through this program, not no matches really this is really all about focusing on the build to wrestlemania isn't it and stuff like that yeah. so um so yeah so the, the two packages that they've done that they've absolutely nailed it uh and obviously this package was backed up by just one of the best ladder matches i've seen so yeah yeah phenomenal match at the end of this uh mark what did you think of this recap of the michaels and razor situation yeah i'd agree with that it's really well put together all the important things that had gone down between the two were there. Um, we saw everything we needed to see. I remember at the time that that part where Sean um, gave Razor the Razor's Edge in the entrance, I remember at the time even, it was very impressive that Sean got Razor up, knowing how much bigger the bad guy is than HBK. But I, I thought it looked a bit crap when he actually hit the move. Um, it, Like you said, Stephen, it was fairly slow and 
and he went down to his knees before he dropped him. But now, 20-something, 30 years later, thinking about it, um, there was no give on that floor, obviously. So no. it would have done some serious damage to both Razor if he dropped him properly and Sean if he'd landed flat on his on his front. So I don't blame him, really, for uh, dropping to his knees before gently depositing Razor to the ground. No, and I can't believe that shows 30 years ago. It made me feel a little bit sick. Um, but was it the Hard Rock they were in next or the Harley-Davidson Cafe still? Uh, I, I wrote on my they... notes earlier Hard Rock and I wrote on this one Harley-Davidson. So it's okay, so maybe one. it was Hard Rock earlier on. But back That's to right. one of them. Polo had a drink and both men had their caps on back to front. As Vince talked about how dangerous the ladder match was going to be, Polo put over how big it would be for Sean having Diesel with him and Razor was out there all alone. Vic, Vince suggested they head over to Times Square and Polo said, let's do it, Vic. Now in Times Square, caps the front way round. They built up the tag team title match between champions, the Quebecers and men on a mission. Unfortunately, we then had Ice Todd. Yes, Todd Pettingill rapping, or kind of, sort of. Uh, we saw some highlights from the champions and not really anything from Men on a Mission, perhaps because there was no highlights that existed. <laughs> then Todd said something about Polo getting a dirty water hot dog, which I thought maybe was a euphemism for something, a little bit dirty, uh, as it says in the title. Uh, Mark, what did you think of this bit of the show? Well, um, at the Harley Davidson Cafe, uh, this ties in nicely, actually, to earlier when you had a look at the price on eBay of uh, specific coins. Oh, yes. But, uh, both Vince McMahon and Johnny Polo were wearing WrestleMania 10 baseball caps here. And the waitress who Johnny Polo nicked a drink from was also wearing a WrestleMania 10 baseball cap. And in the background, I could see Sweet Stan Lane, who was wearing a WrestleMania 10 baseball cap. So if all that subliminal advertising has tempted you, there is one currently available on eBay. And how much do you think it is oh, going for? I think 200 Are we in dollars or pounds? Pounds. 200 pounds? Higher or lower, Stu? Well, give my wild guess at a double-headed coin. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stick with my gut and I'm going to say higher. Uh, you get it for the low, low price of £90 plus shipping. That's a bargain. Wow. I bet that hat cat probably stinks. It's been on someone's head for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, 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 not like they're always away in a cupboard somewhere for the last week. Yeah, some really vintage nits. Then uh, moved on to Times Square. And usually when you think of Times Square, you think of those bright neon signs on all the buildings. But they seem to film it from an unusual angle that didn't show any of that. And with the gloomy weather, it all made it look a bit plain and not so spectacular, I thought. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. The, the bit about, I'm just checking my notes over the Ice Todd uh, segment. And, yes. Um, one thing I will say about the Quebecers, their double team moves always looked awesome. It was it was usually Jack throwing or slamming Pierre all over the place, and it always looked impactful. So for Pierre to still be wrestling regularly for Impact Wrestling in 2024 aged 55 is actually pretty amazing yeah. especially considering that style is used for 30 plus years we saw him at madison square garden remember Stu, in uh yes in we did wearing a bonus show yeah what did you make of this uh tag team title build up uh not not a lot to it but i'll just echo what mark was saying because i'd made a note i always love that move that the quebecers did where pierre got up on the top rope and he almost like and and, and Jacques just sort of like Launched him, didn't he, and flipped him over, didn't he? I, I always loved that 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 move. They, I thought they were they were a great tag team. Really, really, really like them. So, uh, but yeah, men on a mission. Yeah, let's uh, move on. 
<laughs> back to the streets of New York and Polo and Vince were on a stroll. Vince said hi to a really old lady and they ran down some of the events that weekend, including Todd on a celebrity hunt on All-American Wrestling. Vince said the day after WrestleMania, there would be a ticker tape parade for the new tag team champions men on a mission, then shouted, yo, spoiler alert, there was no parade. Size Sperling segment with Mr. Fuji with a wig and then he did a little plug for WrestleMania. Now Vince and Polo were near Central Park and the ground was snowy and it's, I felt like it was a different day, but I'm not sure. Polo made fun of some of the artwork on sale and then they talked about Randy Savage, who apparently always stayed at the Plaza Hotel in New York. Polo then decided he wanted to ride a ride, wanted a ride in Central Park, but only if they took cards. Uh, so now we were into the preview for Crush versus the Macho Man. Uh, and meet was set for Raw, but Crush came out with Mr. Fuji. Crush complained about a lack of phone calls from Savage after an attack he received from Yokozuna. Savage said Crush was making a mistake and asked him to shake his hand. He did, and the crowd cheered. But then he turned his back on him in the aisle way. Uh, he was clotheslined, and it dropped Savage on the. And then Savage was dropped in the guardrail, which caused him to have a lacerated tongue. Apparently, which is a nasty, nasty injury. Todd Pettingill in the WF Mania studio. Uh, it was next, and they had Savage on the phone. Todd was using a very Zach Morris 1989 mobile here. They're headed to Raw with Vince holding him back so he couldn't get to Crush. And Savage actually hurled his would-be father-in-law to the floor here and went after Kona Crush. I don't know if that did that joke very well there, but yeah, there we go. Uh, then on February the 28th, 1994, Raw, he challenged Yokozuna for the WF title. This is the one I was talking about a couple of shows back. I would really recommend everyone go back and watch this whole segment because it was so well done. And Crush ultimately cost Savage the match and the title. Um, backstage, Randy was shown talking about how he had the chance to three-peat as WF champion. It was a dream of his. He had Yoko beaten, but Crush shattered his dreams. He said he'd had ups and downs. He'd get over it, but not really. And be, he would be back and he would get Crush. Uh, Ran I said, and again, we talked about this. Randy Savage in 1994 had plenty of value left in him. We talked about potential Hill versus Babyface match with uh, Bret Hart as the, as the Babyface champion. And again, I really like this package. Uh, I really like Randy Savage's package. Stu, <laughs> what do you make of all this? Uh, I love Randy Savage's package. I think it's yeah. uh, I think it's great. So, um, I, yeah, so, I, 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 again, this had another, this is like another one that had a really quite a long build up into, up into the match, into, into, into yeah. WrestleMania and things like that. So, um, I liked the bit about, um, how, how Vince was trying to hold the macho man back and, and all, all, all that. It just, it just made it feel really, you know, a real, big match feel and again like we said the macho man had so much to he had so much to give i think still as well um i mean this was uh if i meant this was a false count anywhere match wasn't it this was this was this was actually a proper this was a false count anywhere match as advertised yeah. this was actually a texas death match in terms of the oh, rules okay. of this match yeah this was okay so the texas death match of doing aew is not a texas death match by traditional means it's 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 not this is a texas death match basically Right. Okay. So, because because didn't they didn't they have to get back into the ring within sixty seconds or something? Yeah, like that? and that's the, that's the distinct that's the distinction distinct distincting point basically. Ah, right. Okay. So, uh, but again, that's three awesome packages that you've had, and and if that didn't make you go out and buy the pay per view, then yeah, yeah, fantastic. And uh, yeah, and, and and again, I really like the build build up to this match. I, I liked heel crush. Um, you know. Um, at that time, he went and then he went a little bit zany. Then didn't he? Didn't didn't he come 
back and he did he have like tattoos on his face or something like that and he was a bit face more paint, in denim. I think. yeah yeah and yeah. a bit more in denim wasn't he and stuff like that but this this version of heel crush i i i really liked and and again it just it just worked mark what did you think of uh the setup for randy versus crush at wrestlemania uh i apologize in advance to Stu. i know it's freezing but i've got a lot to say again right? <laughs> go for it um, i'm all good First of all, before that started, uh, the part with Johnny Polo and Vince McMahon uh, near the Plaza Hotel, I just had to say it because it made me laugh at the time. My wife came in the room at the point I was watching that and she asked me why that guy is carrying a stick. And I corrected her saying it's actually a croquet mower. Uh, <laughs> then she asked, why is he carrying a croquet mower? And I said, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> so the thing itself, I, I like the false start with Crush's heel turn. Because as a kid, I thought the smiley babyface crush coming out to the room with Mr. Fuji went, that's a done deal. He's a bad guy now. But then Macho Man's passionate speech face-to-face with him um, convinced me that Crush realised he was doing the wrong thing and they left the ring together. I remember thinking, in teen sense, status quo was restored. Yeah. And the clothesline in the entranceway really took me off guard and that was that. So I really liked that part of it. Um where Macho Man shoved Vince out of the way to get to Crush, could that have been Vince McMahon's first ever on-screen bump, do you think? Uh, yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. He took a flat back bump right yeah. there at ringside. So um, I've never been a fan of title matches ending with some interference that leads to a disqualification. But then again, I do love a perfectly timed running. And mm. Crush did one at the end of Savage versus Yokozuna there that was absolutely perfect. Because as Macho Man dived off the top rope, you could see in the background Crush running down the aisle. So after the elbow drop had connected and Macho Man had hooked the leg for the pinfall, Crush slid in the ring and attacked as Joey Morello's count reached two and a half. If you arrive too early, it's less dramatic. If you arrive too late, you and the referee look like idiots. So I really enjoy seeing them get it just right like they did here. Um Harvey Whippleman's on commentary for that, though. I thought, that's strange. Why is he commentating? But I guess with Jerry Lawler being on leave, on a leave of absence due to being indicted and Jim mm. Ross being fired for the first time two weeks before that match, I guess there weren't many options left to commentate. Yes. Um, and Stephen, you, you watched this show way earlier than me and Stuart did um, because you posted in our group chat that the last few minutes of the show were really, <laughs> really good. So I casted my mind back to the build towards WrestleMania 10 and tried to remember the key points of each rivalry to think what you might have been referring to. And I thought it must have been this Macho Man locker room promo. Oh, um, okay, okay. We, we see less than, min- less than a minute of it here, but the full thing lasted five minutes. It's on YouTube. And for me, this is a controversial take. It's Macho Man's greatest ever promo. Wow, okay. So it's worth looking out for. We all remember lines and snippets from some of his earlier work, like Cream of the Crop and Cup of Coffee in the Big Time, etc. But this one was a completely different Randy Savage. I mean, how many times did we see him on WWE TV wearing a plain black leather jacket and jeans? For yeah. me, never. I think this was a one-off. And he was also sat down, so he had to tone down the mannerisms and the movement that he's famous for. And it reminded me of the Hulk Hogan interview we talked about a while ago, um, before WrestleMania 8, where he was talking like a regular human being instead of some cartoon character. And the best line from the snippets we saw here was, you said it, Stephen, but he actually said it as though it was all one word. I've had ups and downs, don't worry about it, I'll get over it, but not really. Yeah. And 
Another notable thing about this was Macho Man wasn't staring down the lens of a camera through his sunglasses like usual. He was sitting opposite Vince McMahon, looking at him eye to eye, no sunglasses, delivering a heartfelt promo. So for Vince to never have him wrestle on TV again after the WrestleMania match, letting him jump to WCW, believing he was too old to be in this so-called new generation, terrible decision. The guy was 41 years old here. The same age, LA Knight and Damian Priest and Natalia are out right now. Yeah, this guy was this guy was a license to print money at this point. Still against a young babyface, that's the obvious role for him, or younger babyface. Um, back to the guys, and apparently the chariot did take cars cards as Vince and Polo were shown riding around Central Park. As they explained the Fools Count Anywhere rules for WrestleMania, and Polo questioned how the horses had escaped the glue factory, and Vince was disgusted. Uh, Post break, we had a WrestleMania moment. Aretha Franklin singing America the Beautiful, and then Todd said it was great, but Little Richard would make your hair stand on. And if you didn't have hair, stand on end, crikey. And if you didn't have hair, well, I did a great job of that. Um, this WrestleMania had a 4 p.m. Eastern start time, which would have been 9 p.m. 9, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. in the UK, albeit this one did not air live. Now, do you remember why? Because I've got the details here as to why it didn't, didn't air live. No, so no. Um, back in 1994, well, until the 19th of August, 1994, to be precise, there was only one Sky Sports channel. Um, and on the 20th of March, England's second test match of an away series in the West Indies was being shown live at that time. So that was a match that England lost by an innings and 44 runs, a fact that will mean nothing to our American listeners. Um, and I believe WrestleMania followed on tape delay following the conclusion of the five days of that match on the 23rd of March. So, um, yeah, that's crap, isn't it? Nine o'clock for WrestleMania. I think how good, especially in the, that's finishing at what, uh, one o'clock, isn't it? Uh, ten, no, uh, ten. 12. 12. 12. God, marvelous. 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 marvelous match, which would be amazing, wouldn't it? So uh, Todd then said more operators were on hand to pick up calls at cable operators and the fan fest was so good. New York was pumped and ready for action. Uh, Todd would tell us the card in a moment, but his favourite thing was the star schmoozing. Burt Reynolds, Jenny Garth, who's Kelly from 90210. Did, it, did either of you watch 90210 back in the day? No. No, shoot. Oh, great. Nothing to say on that then. It was pretty good, I would say. Uh, especially when Kelly... I've got something to say on Burt Reynolds though. We'll, we'll get we'll get there, and you'll 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 have your you'll have, you'll have Burt Reynolds in a moment. So I'm, we're right. I'm right at the end of the section. So okay. I, did, I did read somewhere online, speaking of nine zero two one zero, quite recently that Luke Perry uh, having sex with his wife led to CM Punk going back to WWE in 2023. Yeah, wow, that is great. Yeah, um, anyone who's in Hollywood, anyone who's anyone in Hollywood, would be there. It's not a bad look having Burt Reynolds anywhere. I re- really, I guess, but the rest, I don't think they're worth a fee. Uh, then we got a rundown of the card. And guess what? I'm going through it. I'm not going through it other than to say he called Kona Crush a monstrosity. Uh, Stu, why don't you go first? What's your Burt Reynolds uh, edition? Well, this surprised me. And I never knew this. So I never knew. I knew Tom Selleck um, turned down the chance to be Indiana Jones, apparently. Okay. I never realized that Burt Reynolds acknowledges that the biggest mistake of his career was not taking up the role of Han Solo. Ah, Wow, in okay. Star Wars, could you see Burt Reynolds as Han Solo in Star Wars? Because I can't. No, I'm not the man to ask think, that question. I don't think it'd be the same. He's too sort of a sly nod to the camera kind of guy in Smoking the Bandit and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But I never knew that. I never knew that he was up for. Um, Any, anything for, else uh, on this? Sorry, Stu. Anything else on this? Uh, this segment of of various bits. 
No, and the only thing when he ran down the card, I completely forgot that Alundra Bray's uh, fought against Lailani Kai. Yes. I completely forgot about that match. Yeah. Uh, Lailani Kai was obviously... She WrestleMania 1, Lailani yeah. Kai. Yeah, yeah she yeah, was, not yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Earthquake obviously was celebrating his 30th birthday that year when he fought Adam Bomb, so there you go. <laughs> Bloody hell, <laughs> what a paper round that guy must have had. Uh, Mark, what do you make of all this? Um, well... Funnily enough, the uh, Leilani Kai bit, I did notice uh, when they showed the promo picture of her match with the Lundra Blaze, they used a 10-year-old promo picture of Leilani Kai that was used to promote her match with Wendy Richter in the WrestleMania uh, build, um, WrestleMania 1 build. Um, so I get, I'm, I'm not saying the 1994 women's roster lacked depth, but it was Leilani Kai's first televised match in six years. Wow. Match against the wow. Blaze. Um, and speaking of unusual photos used to promote WrestleMania 10 matches, they had a heel earthquake picture from his 1990 feud with Hulk Hogan for his match with Adam Bomb. Um, and for the 10-man tag team match that never happened, again, a match that got cut for time, um, they used an infamous publicity picture of the 1-2-3 kid that was taken immediately after Mr. Perfect had shaved one of his eyebrows off as a rib. Oh, my God. And that picture would also feature on the packaging for his first action figure. So I was like, well, I'm just gutted about that. Um, so no no wonder he ended up embracing the rib culture himself and started pooing in people's bags. Yes, indeed. Uh, Vince and Johnny were alongside their Central Park horse and buggy, and Polo made some joke about it being a singing pony. He was going to ask him to sing, but he was a little horse, and I thought it was a solid dad joke. And finally, to end the show, we got a re- she liked that one. We got a recap of the Brett and Owen situation from Survivor Series, and Owen being the only person beaten on the brother team. Uh, we got the original Owen challenger Brett, which ended up with them in a tag team. Uh, close up of Brett saying, "Under no circumstances would he wrestle Owen." Uh, Brett was looking an absolute hunk here. Um, they, this all led to, into them going for the tag team titles and a great promo with Owen hamming it up to perfection, talking about. Um, things he probably shouldn't have said and if it didn't matter it didn't matter if they were true or not uh, we got the turn at the rumble um but but in stills and then a sit down promo from Owen saying how good it felt when he kicked Brett in the leg after a lifetime of frustration uh, Brett wearing a t-shirt with his father's face on it said he would give Owen a damn good fight Owen cost Brett a match against Crush, um, flipping them over when Brett had Crush in the cradle. Then finally, an Owen promo with him saying he knew Brett was scared and Brett knew that he was the better man. He would be exposed and beaten at WrestleMania. A quick retort from Brett. He said it will wipe him out to go for the World Wrestling Federation belt. I thought, again, this was so good. Stu, what did you think? Uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and again, it goes back to that, that point that I made about, you know, how Brett brings... He doesn't need to shout or anything like that because he just brings genuine, heartfelt emotion to to those things. And again, it was it, it makes me want to go back actually in and I want to watch that Survivor Series match with the Heart the Heart Brothers. Yeah, I want to watch the Royal Rumble match again. You know, I want to watch the WrestleMania match, which is just an, an unbelievably all time classic match. And then I want to go and watch the SummerSlam. So if I get time at some point in between putting trees up, I think that's going to be a bit of my weekend is watching, you know, and again, just a, a, you know, a really great build, you know, how they pulled it back round to them tag teaming and stuff like that. And don't forget this rumbled right on through to Owen costing 
Brett the title at Survivor Series in 94, didn't it? Which then kickstarted the Diesel era and stuff like that. Um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, this show, they, they've, yeah, I know you'll ask us at the end, but they've, they've completely smashed it. There's, I think, I'm pretty sure they, 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 at least they used to be. There's a, there's a Brett and Owen playlist, I think, on WWE Network mm. that you can find, and it's got all of the, yeah. all of the angle bits, and then the matches as yeah. well. So you can just follow through that. It's yeah. great. Um, Mark, what did you think of this? Yeah, I agree. It was really good stuff. Um, again, like the Macho Man and Crush thing, they didn't rush into an immediate heel turn with Owen. Um, obviously, we saw him kick off with Brett after Survivor Series and challenged into a match shortly afterwards. And Brett ruled that out straight away. So that was coming off in November into December. And then they did some more promos together, we saw here, saying they resolved their differences over Christmas that year and decided to go after the tag team titles. So in these promos, they hinted there was still some unresolved tension, but it was subtle and they didn't force it to the viewer. And Brett said, maybe we will never find out who the better wrestler is. And Owen responded saying, he said some things he shouldn't have said. It doesn't matter if they were true or not. I said some things I shouldn't have said. It doesn't matter if they were true or not. Um, good stuff like that. I, li- I liked them just teasing us until they got there. And the way Brett finally accepted Owen's challenge for WrestleMania always stood out to me as being different to the norm. Because, again, he didn't shout or scream into a camera when he accepted. He was sitting in a chair, choosing his words very carefully and getting that message across to the viewer that he still didn't want to fight his brother, it got to a stage where he had to. Yeah. So Brett, Brett said he wants a fight, and then takes a long pause, looks around, I'll give him a fight. Uh, just thought it was really good, really good way to lead into that match. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, we got a little more of Vincent Polo from Hard Rock, wherever, with one final push from the pay-per-view. And then finally, when things couldn't get any better... We got the WrestleMania 10 rap from Men on a Mission. Stay tuned because that eight-star classic will be playing us out in the moment. I thought this show was really, really, really strong. If you were tuning in for wrestling, you were probably disappointed as there was nothing other than old clips. But they did such a good job of building all the key feuds and matches for WrestleMania. And perhaps other than the tag team match, I thought all of the key stuff was really appealing. I thought this was... Just a phenomenal hour interspersed with some fun with um, old Vic McMahon and, and Johnny Polo. I, th- I thought this was really, really great. And I think this was the best show of the three that, we, that we've that we reviewed. Um, so, Shu, what are your final thoughts on this March 19th, 1994 episode of WWF Superstars? Yeah, it yeah, it was just a perfect show. It really was. And, and like you say, I said a bit earlier, um, I'd be wanting to purchase that pay-per-view, having watched yeah. that. Absolutely. Big time. Uh, Mark, final thoughts? Uh, Well, New York City is my absolute favourite place in the world. Um, When I left school and got a job age 16, my first target was to earn enough money to go on a holiday to New York. So I did that um, a few years later, and I've visited many times since then. I've seen two WrestleManias in New York, a SummerSlam, three ECW reunion shows, an NXT takeover and a Ring of Honor show. So to see all of those iconic landmarks in the background while Vince and Raven were rambling on was a lot of fun for me. Um, but the show itself, it was a different kind of go-home show. It was focused focused mostly on what has led to each of the main matches coming about rather than doing meaningless squash matches, as we saw in the 1992 and 1993. 
go-home shows. So this one by far was my favourite one. It's almost like because of Raw being a thing, they could make this show this. And actually some of the earlier ones that are already out were more like this. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought this was this was really great. Um, gentlemen, as ever, it's been an absolute pleasure. People may or may not, or may very much may hear your voices again before this little journey's out. So um, we look forward to that. But no, no more information from me. Um, any, any, anything else to throw out there before we get on out of here? I was going to do a, a, a nice thank you message, but there's no way I can outdo. Uh, Terry and Phil from there's uh, <laughs> this is not this is not the end yet Mark yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, save, that. I'll, save that I'll be back another time yeah there's two more episodes to go of uh, Pro Wrestling Moments before we retire uh, Stu anything to add no 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 I'll, I'll save my comments like Mark for the, the the last show good stuff right that is it that is absolutely it um, keep your eyes on our social media for the, the next two shows well actually you know what the last show is the last show is Mid-South, Mid-South Moments the final thank you all for listening and we should speak to you all again very very soon and right now you don't want to miss Men on a Mission with the Wrestlemania rap Ago, they had a show, and everybody in the world came to know WrestleMania was born at a sounding birth, and it became yes, the greatest show on earth. Mega stars, mega talent, roughly at its best. The WWF will rise to the test. We got stars galore, we got stars galore. You're gonna see a show like never before. The mission is the title that we will win, but we're all gonna rock WrestleMania. Yeah. Here we got Hollywood's cream of the crop. Here's the list, and it's hot, hot, hot. We got Burt Reynolds from Evening Shade It's smoking in the bandit, he had a mint We got Ron Shear from Up All Night WrestleMania 10 is out of sight We got Little Richard in the place to be Head club for men, then we got five thrilling Hair will be weaving, corn rolling and curling We got Jenny Gunn from 90210 She'll be ringing the bell if you really wanna know We got stars galore, we got stars galore You're gonna see a show like never before The mission is the titles and we will win But we all gonna rock WrestleMania 10 The hurdles at the mania are gonna be hard Check it out now, cause here's the card Lex goes against Joko, he'll tear him apart But the winner of that match will face Bret Hart Bret goes against Owen, they'll fight one another Man, brother versus brother, Grunt better be aware But what's at hand? He's in for the fury of the macho man Adam Bob's in the house, he's gonna shake Cause he must face uh, the mighty earthquake Shawn Michaels and Razor This one matters both I see Some at the top of the ladder lay Ronnie Kai Must be in the days, she must face Alundra Blaze Thork and Dick, you know they like to joke Bam Bam and Luna Michael up in smoke We got stars galore, we got stars galore You're gonna see a show like never before The mission is the title that we will win But we're all gonna rock WrestleMania 10 Men on a mission, no one's ready to crush The Quebecers have the belts, but they must meet us We got one more match, this one's in the bag Ten men in the ring for a ten-man tag It's gonna be a gala, it's coming to you Next Sunday, March 20th, on oh, pay-per-view yeah, 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 you don't stop, you don't stop, man, on a mission, yeah.